Welcome to the Dan Solo Show. This is the first real episode where I'm going to talk about a specific topic, uh, other than just my little introduction that I did last week. So welcome. Um, it's a little weird, but let's get going. Today's topic is the uh, PlayStation's news about their new PlayStation Now, PlayStation Plus package, uh, which a lot of people are comparing to Microsoft Xbox's Game Pass. And I'm going to talk about why you should not compare the two, because in my opinion, they are not comparable. They're two completely different things. Um, there's a lot of controversy and drama about it, people talking shit about PlayStation's new thing and you know people comparing it to Game Pass, which again is silly. So I'm just going to kind of go over real quick what this big change is and what I think about it, why I think it's silly for people to compare it to Game Pass and what my thoughts are on the pricing and what's included, the value and all that. Because, yeah, I'm a big-time gamer. Um, it's, it's, I hate that fucking word. People have made the term gamer so cringy. But, yeah, it's a hobby, and uh, it's a valid hobby. It's something I've done all my life. So, I mean, things like this are very relevant to me and anyone who's similar to me and plays a lot of video games. So why not talk about it real quick, right? Uh, this is raw again. I'm, I'm just shooting, the, recording this in my office. You might hear a cat run by in the background uh, or a phone call come through. Uh, I'm going to do very minimal editing on these. So just, yeah, just so you know, that's how things are going to be going forward. This is just me talking as if we're in the same room hanging out. So anyways, I guess let's get to it. I don't think this will be too long of an episode because there isn't a whole lot to say about this. But I just, I felt like sharing my two cents and having it recorded, you know, because again, maybe no one will ever listen to this, but maybe I will. Maybe a year from now, I'll look back at this and go, wow, I had it wrong. Who knows? So first up, um, so PlayStation Plus is what a lot of people subscribe to to get those free games every month and upload cloud storage and all that stuff with your PlayStation. Um, and then PlayStation Now is a separate service that Sony's had that allows you to you know, pay a different fee per month and allows you to have access to a catalog of games digitally that you can download or stream. Uh, not nearly as extensive as Game Pass, obviously, because it's mostly Sony stuff and some indie titles, uh, but still pretty cool. I'm going to move something on my desk here. Uh, yeah, so it's it's pretty cool. Um, I don't really use it. I tried it before uh, the PlayStation Now. Uh, I, I used it to play through one or two games that I wanted to try, and I used the little. Tr I took advantage of the trial month uh, to play them, and that is didn't really see enough games to really keep me playing PlayStation Now, uh, and that's not a lack of content because there's actually a ton of good games in PlayStation Now. Uh, it's more just that a lot of them are games I'd already played, and that's because. Gaming is important to me, which is a topic, I'll, which is a specific point here I'm going to get to. Um, so therefore, I, I tend to play games when they come out. You know, I don't have a problem paying full price. Or maybe if it's an Ubisoft game, waiting a week or two and then paying half price. Uh, you know how that goes. So, you know, yeah, I just didn't see a whole lot of value for me personally keeping PlayStation now. And I kind of felt like it's something that maybe should have been kind of rolled into PlayStation Plus. And it looks like that's what they're doing now, which is cool. So I'm going to talk about that. Um, all right, so let's see here. And too many ums, right? I'm, I'm getting used to this. Bear with me. So it looks like PlayStation Plus now has a bottom tier called PlayStation Plus Essential, and nothing changes there pricing-wise, which is cool. So $10 a month, uh, like 25 bucks quarterly or $60 yearly. Uh, and that includes your usual uh, discounts on the store, cloud storage for your saved games, you can play online, and then you get those like free monthly games. Uh, so that's that's essentially not changing. So that's cool. And, and my I took advantage of deals from like uh, those key websites. You guys should look into that, uh, where you can get subscriptions like PlayStation Plus discounted. I remember one time they were having a, like a fifty percent off discount on PlayStation Plus subscriptions. It was like thirty bucks, I think, and I bought like two or three. So my PlayStation Plus is paid for for the next like two or three years. Uh, I think I think it's like two years now at this point because it was last year that I did it. Uh, so that's cool. 
So I don't have anything to worry about there, and that's neat. But they've added a second tier called PlayStation uh, Plus Extra. Now this one, excuse me, includes all the benefits from the Essential tier, but it also says it adds a catalog of the 400 PS4 and PS5 games, including blockbuster hits from PlayStation Studios and third-party companies. Um, and these are downloadables. So a lot like PlayStation Now, it sounds like. It sounds like that's essentially just PlayStation Now rolled into PlayStation Plus. And, so they, and then they called it PlayStation Plus Extra. And that's kind of cool. That one's 15 a month, so it's only $5 more a month. Uh, $40 quarterly or 100 bucks yearly. That's really not bad, honestly. Um, that's not bad at all. So... I kind of like that, and that might be the one I end up going with, uh, just for the hell of it, you know, just to have the occasional access to some random game in their library. And I'm curious to see what they add to it, because obviously, you know, they're going to add more titles in, in, in time. Uh, so the value of that could go up quite a bit. But we'll see. I'm, I'm curious to see what titles are in there. It really depends. Uh, if it's a lot of the same stuff I've already played, or small indie titles that I'm not that interested in, then I, maybe I won't bother with it. But if they surprise us and add some surprising titles in there, maybe some old Call of Duties or something, or some classic games that I just like to fire up once in a while for nostalgic purposes, then yeah, maybe I'll do it. All right, and then we got third tier, PlayStation Plus Premium. And this one obviously includes everything from Essential and Extra, the two tiers I just described. But it adds, it says, up to 340 additional games, including some PS3 games that you can play via cloud streaming. So you, over the internet, you wouldn't download the PS3 game to your console, you just stream it. So if you've got a good internet, that's a good deal. Um, it also says a catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP. That's pretty dang neat. Um, I know that a lot of people out there really like playing old games. Um, personally, I do once in a while. But to be fair, there's just so many new games coming out. There's so much in my back catalog. It's, sometimes it's hard for me to justify spending the time playing through an old game when I've got new games still sitting there waiting. So that's the kind of feature that I like, and I think it's an important thing to have because there is a lot of people out there who enjoy that. But for me personally, it's not like a deal breaker or a game changer. I don't play a whole lot of old, old games like that. But there are a few that if they were in there, I would absolutely be like, yep, I want to try that. You know, like maybe a really old Call of Duty just for, just for nostalgia's sake, or the classic Metal Gear games would be cool to relive. Uh, we'll see. Uh, since it also offers some other cloud streaming access to other old games um, and extras um, and also limited game trials, so basically demos, will be offered in this tier, which is weird. Um, demos have existed forever, and they've never been demos for games. They've never been tied to a subscription service. It's typically just like, you know, a big new game comes out, and they release the first level or the first 10 minutes for free, and you play it. And then that's it. It times you out, and then you decide, you know what, I didn't really like that, so you don't buy the full game. Or, oh yeah, I love that, so you go buy the full game. It's weird that they're adding that as a feature of their most expensive tier, their highest tier. So I'm curious what that means. There's got to be more, I feel like there's got to be more to that that they haven't fully disclosed yet. Because it just, it's such a lackluster thing to even mention. You know, it's not that big a deal. Not a lot of people don't really care about demos these days, I feel like. I could be wrong, whatever. Maybe the data says otherwise. And the price for this high tier, the, the highest tier, premium, PlayStation Plus Premium, is uh, about 18 a month, uh, 50 bucks quarterly, or 120 yearly. Now, let's do the math real quick, because 120 uh, yearly comes out to, obviously, uh, 10 bucks. So you're paying about 10 bucks a month for that. That's actually a pretty damn good deal. Uh, let's see what else we got here. All right, so yeah, yeah. So that's, that's the essential. It, um, it looks like you get some pretty cool features that are going to be evolving and changing if you go premium. 
If you do plus extra, you get essentially what you already had plus PS now. So that's kind of cool. I'm actually okay with that. And most likely I'm going to go with the second tier, the extra one. I don't know if there's a really a strong need for me to go up to premium, but if I end up paying it yearly, it's only 10 bucks a month. So it's kind of like, why not? So we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll check that out once it gets closer to launch. Cause that's the other thing here. Important note here is this doesn't launch until June. It says, I believe, right? Yeah. So launch in June launches in June this year. Uh, and that's when we're probably by then we'll have a lot more details about this, you know, a list of titles that will be included um, and, and I, examples of features that are coming. So as it gets closer to release, we'll have a better idea if this really is like a big deal and if I want to do it or not. But as it stands right now, I'll probably do the second tier. All right, let's move on here. Uh, so an important note I'm seeing here is if I go to Game Pass's Ultimate page, uh, so it's about $15 a month for Game Pass Ultimate, their highest tier. And it says access to over 100 high-quality games, which is interesting because Sony says you'll have access to like, what is it here, like 400 or something? Yeah, so over 400. So obviously a whole hell of a lot more games. Um, and if they include some of PlayStation's exclusive titles, then that really ups the value because everyone knows that PlayStation has amazing um, exclusive titles, Last of Us, God of War, etc. Uh, so that's interesting. Now I will point out I do have an Xbox. I have a Series X in my office here, and then I have the PS5 out in the living room, well, along with the Nintendo Switch, and I do have Game Pass Ultimate in here. And so now I'm going to talk about comparing the two. For me, you can't compare Game Pass to this new PlayStation Plus thing, which was codenamed, um, what was it, like Spartacus or something before? I don't know. But you can't really compare them because they're two completely different things, you know? Um, and they're, they're both working towards different um, goals. So with Microsoft and the Game Pass, they want Game Pass to be like eventually the Netflix of video games. And, and they can achieve that. And a lot of it has to do with you know, the market value of Microsoft versus Sony. Um, even though Sony's been around a hell of a lot longer and they're way more established. And they're, all, all of Sony's business in the gaming industry has been massively successful for them. Way more so than Xbox has been for Microsoft. That's just a fact. It just has been. Um, but... Even with that said, obviously Microsoft is a kind of a bigger company because they're more of a tech company. You know, they have, you know, Microsoft Windows and all that, and they have phones and everything, just like Sony does too, but they just have more going on. So Microsoft is worth more uh, market value. So Microsoft's market cap right now is 2.3 trillion, whereas Sony's is 130 billion. So both have a lot of money to play with, but obviously Microsoft has a hell of a lot more. Now, what that means is that Microsoft can afford to invest in risky things, new new things. They can, they can try whole new things that cost a lot of money and don't really give them any, uh, a good ROI, a good return on investment uh, in the short term because they're banking on the long-term value. And they can afford to do that. So essentially, Microsoft has plenty of money to just burn away and not really gain much of a profit in an effort to basically break ground and establish themselves, make a foundation, and plant themselves as you know, the go-to service for that in the future. So eventually it will start making them money. Sony kind of can't afford to do that. They don't have quite enough money to just burn so much of it. You know, make no mistake, Microsoft is burning a ton of money trying to make Game Pass work. And Sony can't really afford to do that. They're not the same kind of company as Microsoft, you know? Um, so they, they can't really afford to do that, and they're not going to. And I think also another part of it is just Sony's vision, whereas Microsoft wants Game Pass to be this like Netflix thing where you just pay one flat fee and you log in and you have all these games, including big, huge AAA titles day one. 
just like Netflix. They release huge movies with, you know, Ryan Reynolds and Mark Ruffalo and stuff, right? And this is a huge blockbuster movie that normally you'd go spend, you know, 15 bucks on a ticket in a theater, but you could watch it day one on Netflix. That's a big deal. And obviously that movie's cost millions of dollars to make, right? Well, same thing with Game Pass. They're going to invest millions of dollars in big games like Starfield and, you know, whatever else, Gears of War 6 or whatever the hell is next, and you're going to get to play that day one without paying an extra dollar. Uh, but on the flip side, what you have to remember, though, is that you're paying X amount of dollars a year to have this service, and you don't own those games. So if something changes, you know, you, you can't afford a subscription anymore, or that game studio gets bought out by somebody and they take the title off, whatever could possibly happen in the future. And we all know that if you look at what's been going on in the gaming industry lately, with all these acquisitions, anything's fucking possible, right? But you have to keep in mind, so yeah, someday you might not own those games. They might be gone. And that's one of the reasons why if I'm really excited about a game, I have no problem paying 60, even 70 bucks to own it. I will invest in that. You know, I want that money to go to the creators, the artists behind them. I don't really want it to go to a corporation that is, uh, obviously, okay, that's a dumb statement. Obviously, the money goes to a corporation. You know, if I buy Call of Duty, the money goes to Activision, not the developers. I get it. But I, my, my point is, and in, in a not so well-worded way, is that I don't have a problem supporting the creators and the studios behind the creators at full price if the game is worth it. Um, yeah, it's cool to get it basically free or dirt cheap like Game Pass does, but it, to me it's not essential. And that, that kind of extends to what I'm going to get to in a few minutes, which is, uh, or in a minute or so, which is basically you know who these services are for, who stands to benefit from them the most. And that's why another reason why I don't think it's fair to compare these two. These are two totally different services with two totally different end goals. PlayStation is more of a luxury experience. Now that probably triggers a lot of Xbox, as they call them, the hardcore Xbox fanboys, to say that. But it's just a fact. I mean, if you look at the companies, you look at the amount of um, not just money, but time and care they put into the products they release. Yeah. Sony may be guilty of seeming like they nickel and dime sometimes. They might seem a little too pricey sometimes. But you have to compare that to the value you're getting. They, they consistently release really good first-party titles that win Game of the Year awards. They're nominated for Game of the Year consistently. Uh, and they're just really beloved franchises, right, that spawn spinoffs and now TV shows and whatnot. They know what they're doing. They know that they have a high-quality experience. Their console is bigger and it's flashier and shinier. It's a conversation piece when you put it on your shelf in your living room as opposed to the Xbox, which is just a, a black little fridge. And I'll talk about that in a future episode, actually. I don't want anyone to think that if you're listening to this and wondering where I stand, that I'm just like some hardcore PlayStation fanboy and I hate Microsoft. That is not the case. I love all of it. I love gaming, so I love every company. I love all the games. I don't think any one is necessarily end-all, be-all better than the other. I think that they both have different pros and cons, but I'm going to do a whole episode dedicated to my, uh, PlayStation versus Xbox later on. Right now, I'm specifically talking about their subscription services, so I'm going to try not to digress anymore and make this episode longer than it needs to be, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So let's go back to it. Um, so if, yeah, for me, Game Pass is cool, but it's not really a necessity. Basically, right now I have, I'm subscribed to it because I got some package when I bought my console. I don't know that I'm going to renew Game Pass Ultimate when it runs out. I really don't know because while I have a bunch of games in my Game Pass queue, I barely touch any of them. Going back to what I said earlier, there's so many new games coming out and have already come out that I haven't even played yet. You know, they're, they're on my list and it's hard to get to those if I'm going to stop and play some random old game on Game Pass. 
And now going forward, I know Microsoft's going to be adding a lot of big titles day one to Game Pass, and that I'm looking forward to. You know, Starfield, uh, if the Activision deal closes and we start getting Call of Duty on there, that's kind of neat too. We'll see. Um, but that's just kind of where I stand on that. I don't, for me personally, Game Pass isn't a huge deal. It's cool, but it's not a necessity. Uh, and I kind of feel the same way about PlayStation Plus Extra. It's not a necessity, but it's cool. Uh, the regular PlayStation Plus that I've always had, which I'm obviously keeping, is a necessity. I love getting those free games every month. Sometimes it's something dumb that I may never play, but I'll still add it to my library just for the hell of it. Uh, and sometimes it's something awesome that I'm really excited to try. So for me, that's a thousand percent worth the money and worth my time. PlayStation Plus is fantastic. Um, game Pass probably on the basic tier. Let's look at that real quick. The regular uh, Game Pass for PC and for consoles is like ten bucks a month. Um, so that's cool too. You know, that, that's kind of a no-brainer as well. Having that freedom to have all these different games in there to play is cool. So I don't see, if you have both consoles, I don't see why not having both of these services. Again, you can't compare them. PlayStation's not trying to make PS Plus or PS Now the Netflix of gaming. It's, it's not a sustainable uh, service for them. They would rather invest in, you know, these studios that are full of developers that really know what they're doing. And they're going to invest in supporting them and giving them everything they need to make really top quality games. I mean, look at Microsoft. They're so focused on Game Pass and giving everyone all the games for as cheap as possible that they're kind of not doing a great job at managing the studios they have. Look at Halo Infinite. That was supposed to be Microsoft's biggest release. It was supposed to be their launch title. Huge marketing campaign all based around Halo Infinite. It was on energy drink cans. There's billboards everywhere. It was such a big deal. It didn't even launch with the console. The Series X launched with no major exclusives. Halo Infinite came out one year after the console released, and it still was lackluster. How does that happen? If you have this much money, how is that happening? If that's going to be a trend going forward with, with AAA first-party titles that get released day one on Game Pass, if they're all going to be sort of messy and like lackluster because of whatever budget constraints or because of mismanagement, then it's like... You know, I'd rather pay 60, 70 bucks for a brand new title from Sony that I know is going to be amazing day one. You know, Uncharted, uh, Last of Us, God of War, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Ratchet and Clank, all those games. You know, anything from Hideo Kojima, you know, Death Stranding. Those games are phenomenal. You know, sure, they have day one patches and, and they get little bug patches a week or two later. You know, they all do. Horizon Forbidden West did. But all games from every studio in the world does that. So that's not saying anything. But then you look at Halo Infinite, and it's got like a handful of maps. It's got all these weird bugs and issues. It's got microtransactions coming out of its ass, and they're terrible. Like like 20 bucks for like one color on your... It's just like horrible, dude. The whole experience is terrible. Um, so if it's going to be like that going forward, that doesn't really paint a good picture. It starts to kind of make it look like Microsoft's right. Game Pass is going to be like the Netflix of gaming. And look at Netflix. It's not that great. I have it, but I, I watch maybe 2% of the content that's on there because so much of it is either, again, old stuff I've already seen or don't care about uh, or something brand new that they're putting out that is extremely mediocre and cheesy and I would never would have paid money to actually see it in a theater. And then once in a while, you get that diamond that's like, okay, that was really cool, you know? Uh, so in Netflix, first example I can think of in Netflix is The Adam Project, that recent movie with Ryan Reynolds. That was a fun-ass movie with a great cast. It was very enjoyable and entertaining. I would have paid to see that in a the theater. If it wasn't coming to Netflix, if I knew it was going to be months until it was available at home, 
but I probably would have been like, let's go to the theaters, babe, you know, let's, let's go check out this movie, I love Ryan Reynolds, um, you know, I like Mark Ruffalo, the whole cast, everyone's great, let's go check it out, and I would have had a good time, so yeah, once in a while you get that little diamond in the rough with Netflix, but most of the time it's stuff that's like, kind of direct-to-video quality, or, you know, nowadays direct-to-streaming quality, right, it's just, it's okay, it's like mid-grade, I don't want that from Sony, I want top-shelf quality from Sony, and them not having, you know, trying to compete with Game Pass and instead just having their own premium service that gives you some really cool benefits and some benefits that aren't quite as robust as Game Pass, as long as that means better quality games, I'm here for it and I'm down. I think that's fucking awesome. Um, so let's, let's look at this real quick here. So Sony, yeah, Sony's going to charge full price for their first party games at launch and not have them go to uh, you know, day one on their pass and that's fine with me. I'm always going to be down to buy new games that are from established brands that I know and love and that I know are going to be top shelf quality. And, you know, it's, it's like that old saying, you get what you pay for, right? You go to a buffet and you pay a flat rate and you get all the food you want the entire time you're there. None of that food is that fantastic, right? How many people go, how many people go to a buffet and go, holy shit, that was the best salmon I ever ate in my life. That was the best chicken. That was delicious. You know, oh my God, that burger was top shelf. You don't really say that. You know, it, it can be good, it can be tasty, you know, it's kind of that like, you know, guilty, like comfort food kind of way. And once in a while, they might have one, again, one or two dishes in there that you're like, oh, that was fantastic. You know, I got to go back and get second or thirds of that. But overall, it's pretty mid-range quality food. You go to a nice, you know, Michelin rated fucking restaurant or something and you pay however much for a really nice burger, or a really nice salmon, it's going to be much better quality than what you get at a buffet. And that is kind of, in my opinion, how the PlayStation Game Pass or PlayStation Plus stuff compares to Microsoft's Game Pass is you're paying more, but you're getting a better quality product. With Xbox, you're saving a lot of money, but you're getting more mediocre stuff with the occasional, you know, uh, pardon me, diamond in the rough, so to speak. Oh, man, I'm burping here. Energy drinks got to keep me going. I'm, you know, working today as well as doing this. Need that energy. Anyways, that's kind of where I stand. I don't really have a whole lot left to say on this. You know, my main point here that I kind of wanted to get across is that there's no point in comparing Microsoft's Game Pass to PlayStation's Plus tiers. They're two different services, and they're both aiming for different goals. So you can't compare them. Uh, you know, these subscription services mean different things to different people. They're too complex to compare them uh, and determine what their true value is or whose is better because their value is going to mean something different to different people. Neither, neither one of these services is attempting to achieve the same thing. You know, for a kid, let's, let's do some examples here. For a, a kid, let's say a teenager, a casual gamer, and this goes back to something I said earlier, a lot of people consider this, and it's hard to argue with this, but Microsoft, Xbox, is kind of like the home for casual gamers. Whereas PlayStation is a bit of casual, but it seems like it leans more towards hardcore, like, you know, quote, serious gamers. And it's kind of a cringy thing to really boil it down to something that black and white and simple, but there is some truth there. there. If you were to really break it down and look at it and analyze it, there is some truth to that statement. Again, it may not be that black and white, but there is some truth there. Um, and that's how it is for me. You know, so again, let's like I was like I was saying. See, I do that tangent thing again. Um, let's look at Game Pass from a casual gamer standpoint. A kid, a young adult. Someone who doesn't have a ton of expendable income, but they have enough, you know, they, they play video games and whatnot, right? They get their Starbucks coffee occasionally, whatever. They've got some expendable income. To them, paying 10 to 15 bucks a month for a game service that has this huge library of games with the occasional day one release that's big and awesome is a no-brainer. 
They're gonna save hella money instead of having to constantly pay like 50, 60, 70 bucks just to try a game that they may end up not even liking. You know, they don't really have the money to throw away like that. And then compare that with Microsoft's, you know, very uh, wishy-washy record with their first-party releases. I mean, there's, there's that's, again, not even debatable. Microsoft's first-party exclusives are not up to par with Sony's. The, the, the sales records, the, the ratings, the community response to them, the cultural impact, it's just simply not there. It's kind of like comparing Marvel and DC almost. Marvel movies tend to be these big events that mostly get great reviews and they make a fuck ton of money and they're just these and massive cultural impacts like Thanos and his gauntlet is still showing up in like SNL skits today, you know, whereas DC's not really. It's mostly just a joke. It's just it's just there for fun on the side. <clears throat> it's kind of how Microsoft is in a way. Although Xbox is obviously, you know, higher quality than DC's movies have been. That's a whole other episode, though. We'll talk about that for sure later as well, because uh, I have opinions about Marvel and DC as well. Anyway, see, there I go again, tangent. My point is, you got the casual gamer, Game Pass makes sense. You save money, you have a lot of options. It may not be the best options, but you got a lot of options there. And occasionally, you are going to get something really good. You just got to kind of wait it out and see. Then you've got someone who is a little bit older or has a little bit more money in whatever regard, and so they can afford it a little bit more, and they're going to be okay with PlayStation and paying full price for a new title. Like me, I, I'm an adult. I'm in my 30s. I don't mind paying 60, 70 bucks for a brand new game if I know that game is most likely going to be awesome. Or at the very least, I just know that it's a sequel and a brand that I trust and I'm loyal to and I want to support. Like The Last of Us, Ghost of Tsushima, Ratchet & Clank, you name it. You know, Metal Gear Solid. These are games that... As long as the trailers and, and all the hype leading up to them isn't like a complete 180 and it isn't garbage and hasn't just completely changed how I feel about the brand, as long as nothing drastic like that has happened, I'm most likely going to buy it day one without even playing a demo because I know that the track record of quality is there. Microsoft doesn't really have that. You know, look at Halo Infinite. I have no faith now in the Halo brand going forward. I, I would much rather wait until the next big title releases five or seven years from now from a whole different developer. Because that 343 Industries, whatever the fuck they're called, they, they really shit the bed with Halo Infinite. There's still room to improve it, you know. I'm, I'm still going to check it out. I'm keeping it installed on my Xbox uh, to check in on once in a while. But, but you know, right now it has not been so good. They have a lot of work ahead of them to make it truly the, the great Halo game that it could be. Uh, but that's just how it is, you know. Sony doesn't really have that. They didn't release a title that disappointed everybody and had a bunch of controversy around it. Their titles end up mostly just getting nominated for Game of the Year. That's just how it goes. Um, and it remains to be seen if Microsoft's going to start catching up with Sony in the first-party world. They've, they, they have the money to just buy up developers left and right and just claim them as their own, like they did with Bethesda and Activision. Sony's more in the habit of nurturing relationships with their developers, you know, Bluepoint, House Marquee, etc. They... They work with these companies on a non-exclusive level at first, and they experiment with some exclusivity contracts on a, on a new game, and they see how it does. They, they foster that company's growth and development and make sure they put out a good quality product. And if that product lives up to the PlayStation brand, then that company gets bought out by Sony, and now they're an in-house team, and now they're making even better stuff. Microsoft right now seems to just be basically casting a huge net, buying whoever they can, and saying, okay, what are you working on? Okay, that game's ours now. I don't know. I don't super respect that. I don't think that's the right way to do it. That's a very cold corporate way of doing things. Uh, but whatever, you know, either way, it's a very interesting time to be a quote gamer and to be into video games, especially console gaming. 
uh, it's very interesting. Uh, there's some good, exciting things coming, and there's also some very worrying, concerning things coming in the industry. Uh, I just hope that it doesn't reach the point someday where we have to pay some big fee every month just to play every single game we want. It kind of seems like that's where it's going. Subscription models are like popular right now. Games as a service is a popular thing. I think I'm going to do an episode about that eventually. Uh, my opinions on games as a service, G-A-A-S, uh, and why I think that's cool, when it's appropriate, when it's not, when it works, when it doesn't. I definitely have thoughts on that, so we'll talk about that as well. But in short, just to kind of wrap this up, because it looks like we're almost at a half hour point, PlayStation Plus and its tiers are a completely different thing from Game Pass. You, anyone you see on Twitter or Reddit comparing the two or saying, oh, this is PlayStation's answer to Game Pass, LOL, talking shit. Anyone on the on the PlayStation side as well saying, oh, this is so much better than Game Pass, Game Pass sucks, this is going to be better quality. Any of those people, whether they're PlayStation fanboys or Xbox fanboys, ignore them, move on. You can't compare these products. They're two different things, and they both aim for two different purposes, and they both are going to have strong appeals or or, or a distaste to different people and different walks of life. You know, maybe someone just really wants to save money, so Game Pass is going to look awesome to them. Maybe someone's literally broke and they can't afford anything else. Game Pass is going to obviously look awesome to them. Somebody else who doesn't really care as much, maybe a little bit older, has a little bit more expendable money, and, and they happen to like PlayStation's first-party releases, they're going to think PlayStation Plus Extra and whatnot is fantastic, and they're not going to have any interest in Game Pass. So it really goes back and forth. It goes either way. Uh, either way, I'm excited. Um, I will be most likely bumping up to the PlayStation Plus Extra tier because uh, that's only about 100 bucks a year. That's really not a big deal. Um, it's barely anything more than I'm paying now, and it looks like I get a little bit of extra stuff in there just for the hell of it. So we'll see how this goes. Um, exciting times, weird times. Um, thanks for listening. This was a huge ramble. Um, I feel like maybe I could have gone more in depth on some of these things, but I really don't want this to turn into some super long thing. I'm not trying to make these episodes hella long. I kind of want them to be relatively bite-sized and even a half hour is a bit much. But anyways, thanks for listening. I'll have a new episode out soon where I'm going to talk about other stuff, other opinions of mine about different things, you know, like, like uh, Marvel versus DC, uh, games as a service, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, as well as just other things that aren't really opinions about products. I'm going to talk about stuff with my life occasionally. I definitely plan on doing an episode soon about our cats because our pet lovers out there uh, will probably enjoy hearing about them. We have some fun stories to tell about them, as well as a pretty inspiring story about one of them. Anyways, thanks for listening, guys, uh, whoever actually did listen to this. hope you enjoyed uh, my thoughts and my opinion on this somewhat controversial topic in the gamer world. Have a great day.